God, thank you so much for today and just for the ways in which you are communicating with us, the ways in which you are teaching us and shaping us throughout the week. God, I just thank you for for this church. I thank you for uh, your movement in this church, your work in this church. God, this morning, we just, as we worship, we want it to be gospel-centered. We want it to be God-centered. And so we, we open up your word this morning. We ask that you would teach us as we worship, God, that you would speak through me as you do every week, God. We ask this every week, that you would speak through me and not let it be my words that are talking, but your words that are talking, God. We, no, one, no one came this morning to hear from me. We all come to hear from you. God, would you speak? And would we have ears to hear this morning? We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are actually uh, in week 11 of our More Than a Feeling series, uh, kind of week three of part two, though. We spent the first eight weeks talking about what we believe, why we believe it. Uh, we are now kind of in this process of talking about what do we do? If, if this is what we believe and why we believe it, if this is truth, how then should our lives look? What are some practices that you and I should have in our lives that, that allow us to grow into the people that God is asking us to be? How do we mature into the image of Jesus Christ? How do we, how do we take what we believe and put it into practice? James tells us that we shouldn't just be hearers of the word, we should be doers of the word. Everything that we learn, everything that we know, all this, all this stuff that we believe cannot just stay in our head. It's got to work its way into our hands and our feet. It's got to work its way into action. And so, how, what are some of those practices? We've talked so far about prayer. A couple weeks ago, we talked about prayer. Uh, praying about everything that matters to you with gut-level honesty all the time and then listening for God's response. Last week, we talked about worship and how worship, as we gather on Sundays and even during the week, as you are personally worshiping, that our lives should be worship. The way that we live should be worship, but our worship should be God-centered, it should be gospel-driven. This is, this is why we worship. We worship a holy God, we worship the Creator God, and this same God is the God who saved you and me. This is the gospel, this is the good news, and this good news drives us to worship. This morning we're going to talk about another practice, another kind of uh, one of the big words that we talk about in the church, discipleship. Uh, we've kind of simplified this down a little bit in our church here at Fresno First. We just say, grow. That's really what discipleship is. Because you could talk about discipleship with a lot of different people, and a lot of people, different people would give you different answers about what discipleship is all about. Some people would say, well, discipleship is all about one-on-one. It's all about having someone invest in your life and having them teach you and having them pray with you and having them go through scriptures with you. Other people would say, no, 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 discipleship is what we do in small groups. It's gathering together with a group of people and just learning together and being together. And then other people would say, no, 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 that's all well and good, but discipleship happens on the weekend. Discipleship happens on Sunday morning as we all sit together and we read and we worship and we, we hear God's word. And what I want to say to you this morning is, yes, that is discipleship. All of that is discipleship. Discipleship includes a lot of different things. This is why we, we just talk about it as grow here at the church. Because really what the point of discipleship is, is that you would begin to mature into the image of Jesus Christ. 
that you would begin to grow in your faith, that you would begin to just be hungry for the Word, that you would begin to just be hungry for more of God, and that you would continue to grow. We need to grow. God has created us to grow. We're kind of all on this path or cliche, this journey to, towards God. There are some of us who are, who are exploring We're not quite super sure about this whole thing. We're not really sure if we believe that what we read here is true. Those first eight weeks that we talked about, like that sounded really good, but I'm just not sure. There's some of us who are just exploring. There's some of us who are who are believers. We we really do believe what we talked about in those first eight weeks and, and more. We believe this book. We believe that God is who he says he is. We believe that he'll do the things he says he'll he does. We we believe. The other people, as we continue that, as we, as we believe, we begin to grow. We begin to, to just want more and more. What does God think about this? What does God say about this? How would God have me? What would God have me do today? How would God have me pray? How would God have me worship? How would God have me do all of this? We're, we're all kind of in this thing where we're just, we're just trying to keep growing. And then at some point, you know, Jesus doesn't say, now, therefore, grow. He says, therefore, go and make disciples. At some point, as, as we're growing, we need to, to reach out and teach and bring people in. Right, we're all kind of on this, on this path, on this journey. We're all maybe in different spots, but this is God's desire for each of us that we would grow in Him, that we would grow to look more and more like Him. We would grow in our faith. Today I think there's, there's one sentence that I want to talk about this morning that, that kind of summarizes what I think Scripture teaches us about discipleship. I want to do so by looking in the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. So if you want to go there with me, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Uh, there are, again, a lot of places that I could have gone. This is, this is not, a, uh, not something that we will only find in Deuteronomy. In fact, we'll skip around a little bit this morning. We're going to really be camping out in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and 5. <coughs> If you're in one of our pew Bibles on page 155, uh, but I want to just read what this says and talk through what it means biblically to be a disciple. What, it, what, is, what does discipleship look like? What does growth look like? And I want to set the stage for you before we, before we go on here. So God, through Moses in the book of Exodus, remember, has brought his people out of Egypt. They were in exile in Egypt. They were enslaved in Egypt. God uh, speaks to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 through a burning bush. Tells Moses, hey, I need you to go. You're going to get my people out of Egypt. So Moses goes with the help of, that's a longer story than this, but Moses goes uh, with some help from his brother Aaron to Egypt. uh, And long story short, people of God come out of Egypt. People of God come out of Egypt. They come to Mount Sinai where God speaks to Moses, gives Moses what we know as the Ten Commandments, gives Moses the law, says, here's the way I want you to live. What we know about these people is that there is a generation of of God's people who died in the wilderness because they refused to live the way that God was asking them to live. When we pick it up in Deuteronomy, we are... We are now speaking kind of to the next generation, the generation after the generation who came out of Egypt. 
Right, we're speaking to, to people who, who, who weren't necessarily there, who weren't there when they came out. Moses is still leading them. Moses is still talking to them. But again, this is kind of the, the second time we're going to hear some of these phrases. In fact, Deuteronomy means second law. This is the second time that we're doing this. So nothing really in Deuteronomy is new. We kind of hear it all in Exodus, some of it in Numbers. We hear some of this stuff in there. Nothing is necessarily new here, but... But here is what God is saying. God is saying, God said to the people coming out of Egypt, here is my word. If you live by this word, if you live by this law, then, then this will lead you to life with me. Life in this promised land that I have given you. And now we get to, 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 to this next generation. This is kind of take two. And just listen to what he says in verses 1 through 9 here in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6. These are the commands decrees and laws that the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you and and and, I'm sorry, that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. I want to just, just stop right here. We'll keep moving here in Deuteronomy. I want to just stop right here because I think in so many ways, just this, these nine verses here really summarize for us what God desires for us as we are growing in Him. As we endeavor to be more like Him, as we endeavor to grow in our faith, that this is, there's, there's this. This is the sentence that I, that I want to just give you this morning we'll unpack. Discipleship, growth, means to learn and obey the Bible personally, and in community. Discipleship. Learning and obeying the Bible personally and in community. Let's kind of go through this. Learning and obeying the Bible. There's a, uh, uh, a passage just right in here. Uh, there's a name for the passage in, that starts in 6.4. It starts... Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Anybody know what that passage is, is called? The Shema. I heard a few of you. The Shema. The Shema is a, uh, it's the very first word in 6.4. Shema. Hear, O Israel. Hear. This word Shema, uh, there's, the English translation is here, but it's not really a good, perfect translation because there's more to it than just listen with your ears. Right, this, this word here has a connotation of hearing and understanding and doing, putting into practice. This is a bigger word than just, hey, listen, to your, listen with your ears. It's like when I'm talking to my kids. Did you hear me? Yeah, I heard you. What did I say? No, I don't know. 
right? I physically heard you. Like, uh, uh, they heard me. They heard that I was talking. They, they could hear their ears. It's not a physical hearing problem that they had. It's kind of a, it's more of an intellectual hearing problem that they have. They just don't really want to listen. Right? They don't really want to hear what I'm saying to them. It's not, they, they, maybe they're ignoring me on purpose, maybe they're just distracted, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. They're just not, they're not hearing me. They're not, they're not hearing me Shema. They heard me, they heard me speaking, but it wasn't Shema. Right, this, this word Shema has, has so, much, so much depth and meaning into it. In fact, it's translated other places different ways. Right, in, in one place, it's, or in a couple places, uh, it's translated uh, learn. Not hear, but learn. Another place, it's translated obey. You can see, there's, there's, this word is such a, it's a bigger word than what we see here. Hear, O Israel. Listen up, Israel. Put this into practice. Not just learn this, but obey this. Obey the word of God. The Lord our God, the God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. This phrase, this Shema phrase, is something we should teach ourselves almost a little bit. We should, in essence, Shema the Bible. Shema the word. It's kind of like James. And James says, don't be hearers of the word. Do what it says. James is talking about Shema. Don't just, don't just listen with your ears. Prove that you've listened with your hands and your feet and your words. Listen. Obey. We need to listen and obey the word of God. And this is what God is saying all throughout Scripture. Right, he says it in a lot of different places. He, he, he continues to say it here in Deuteronomy. Actually, he says it even before this Deuteronomy. If you want to turn just probably back a page to Deuteronomy chapter 4, there's a quick glimpse of this. I want to just read this, and I want, you to, I want to read just pieces of this. I want you to listen for these kind of connotations. Learn, obey, listen. Listen to what God is telling his people here. Now Israel... Hear the decrees and laws I'm about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God ancestors is giving you. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. Do you see it? Keep it. Hear it. Learn it. Hear this, uh, what I'm teaching you. You need to listen to this. You need to follow this. Go do it. Skip down to verse 5. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this nation is a wise and understanding people. Skip down to verse 9. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day your Lord stood before... Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Oreb when he said to me, Assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them... 
to their children. You see the, you sense this thread here. There is a common thread here. You need to hear these words, not just to hear them, but to follow these things and to teach them to your children so that they may follow these things. Discipleship is about learning and, and obeying. All right, verse 14. And the Lord directed me at that time to teach you the decrees and laws you are to follow in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. You get to chapter 5 here. Verse 1, Moses summoned all Israel and said, Hear Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today. Learn them and be sure to follow them. You skip all the way to the end of chapter 5, verse 32. So be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land you will possess. I don't think he could say this any more times and be more clear. Here's what I want you to do. People of God, this is what God is teaching you right now. Hear what I'm saying. Follow what I'm saying. Teach others what I'm saying. And if so, and you will live the life that I have prepared for you. In a land flowing with milk and honey the promised land that your ancestors could not go in because they failed to listen and obey and to teach. I mean, we could go even in this passage in chapter 6, verse 17, be sure to keep the commands of the Lord your God and the stipulation and decrees He has given you. Verse 24 and 25, the Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive as is the case today. And if we are careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. Moses is, is pretty clear here with the people of God. Pretty clear what he, what he wants them to do. Pretty clear what he feels like God is calling them to do. And this isn't even just a Deuteronomy thing. This isn't even just an Old Testament Moses and God thing. You get to the New Testament. You get to the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. Here's what, here's what the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. This is Jesus talking now. This isn't just Old Testament theory. This isn't just like Old Testament theology that Pastor Chris went to school for and then knows. This is, this is scripture about what it takes, what it looks like to be a disciple, what it looks like and what it takes to grow in Christ-likeness. Learn and obey. Learn and obey. That's really the essence of discipleship. There's another passage in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 1 and 2. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Those things you've been learning from me, Timothy, find some more people that can also teach that to other people. Learn and obey. Learn and teach. Jesus is saying the same thing. 
Paul is saying the same thing here to Timothy. And if you're wondering about this, how does this go personally? Even in Deuteronomy chapter 6, hear, hear what we're saying. And then he says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Jesus says the same thing in Mark. Mark and Jesus actually quotes Deuteronomy as he's speaking in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. So here's the question for you. If this is what it means to be a disciple, if this is what it means to grow, here's a question for you. Do you love God? Do you love God? I think the answer is, hopefully, yeah. But sometimes I think we have a tendency to love the things of God more than God. We have a tendency to love what we get from God more than God himself. And Moses and God in Deuteronomy knew this was a tendency, knew this was a temptation, because you hear this in, in, in chapter 6 in Deuteronomy. We'll go back there. Hopefully they had your finger there still. In verse 10, just listen to what he says. When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you, a land with large, flourishing cities that you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. And when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. This is way back when. And the people of God have a tendency to forget. They have a tendency to love the things that they receive from God. And you've got to look back. Like This would be pretty easy to do, right? This is the promised land. This is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. This is a land that is, that is perfect. It'd be, it'd be nice and easy to just get real comfortable there and just be. So when you do that, <laughs> when you're there with all of these things that you yourself did not plant or earn or do, don't forget me. Don't forget me. Jesus also knew we'd have that temptation here today. All right, when we, when we go through the... The communion story, the Last Supper. Jesus, one of the last things he does with his disciples, he gives them the cup and he says, this is my blood given to you. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Don't forget. Don't forget what I've brought you out of. Don't forget who you are. Right? Well, he knows that we have a tendency to forget. He knows we have a tendency to love the things of God more, maybe, than God himself. And here's the thing. God is a jealous God. God loves you with a jealous kind of love. God wants 
to be in a relationship with you and with me. This is the kind of God that we serve. God loves us and desires that we would be in a love relationship with him. What does this even look like? Well, John chapter 15 teaches us what this looks like. John chapter 15, starting at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. How do we remain in the love of God? Let me just continue reading the next verse. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now, we have a tendency when we talk about discipleship and when we talk about obedience and keeping these commands. We have a tendency to kind of go the other way and say, that's just too legalistic, Pastor Chris. That's just too, too much do's and don'ts. And there is some of that. But here's, here's what it comes down to. Loving the Lord with your heart, with your soul, with your mind. That's with all of you. If you love the Lord with everything that you are, then the things that he calls you to do become less about duty and more about love. We do have a tendency to make things legalistic. I'm not going to deny that. We have a tendency to make things legalistic. But if we're doing things out of love, then I think the worry disappears a little bit. It doesn't seem so hard when you're doing it out of love. When I'm showing my wife that I love her, and I'm doing things for my wife. I don't do it because I feel like I have to. I don't do it because I feel like I need to. And when I'm doing it, it doesn't feel like busy work. It doesn't feel like duty. It feels right because I love her. Right, we, when, we, when we act and we obey out of love, things change. Perceptions change. Lenses change. Everything changes. Right, this, is, this is the way we should do. Discipleship is about learning and obeying personally, and it's in community. Right, in community. I think pretty clearly, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That is a personal thing to you. This is what God is telling to you. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. Learn and obey personally, but also in community. What do I mean? What do I mean by community? Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Starting at verse 6. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. I think this 
There's a lot of symbolism here, but there, this is basically saying this. Let the word of God, let, let everything here permeate everything, including all of your relationships. Starting at home, moving along to the road, let it put on your front gate so your neighbors know. Like this is, this, this relationship that you have, what you are learning and what you are obeying should not just stay with you. Teach them to your children. When you're walking along the street, when you're shopping, when you're at the community market, talk about these things. Don't let, don't let an opportunity slip away where you're not talking about these things. I think the point is clear here. Let God's word saturate your relationship. Discipleship doesn't happen alone. You are not meant to do this alone. You can't do it alone. Certainly there's a part of this that happens alone. There's a study that I read just this morning. It said people who read their Bibles four times a week, their lives are drastically different than people who don't. Four times a week. That's not even every day. That's just over half of the days of your week. And your life looks drastically different if we are in this. There's, there's no denying that discipleship is a very personal thing. Something that happens in your home, happens in your car, it happens in your own prayer life, happens in your own devotional time as you read, it happens with you. But it cannot stay there. You were not meant to do this by yourself. You were meant to do this in community. I mean, think about just who Moses is talking to, right? This speech that Moses is giving in chapter 6 starts in verse 5. Here's the way verse, or chapter 5 starts. Moses summoned all of Israel. <laughs> this is everybody together. Everybody together. Everybody needs to hear this, Moses says. Then he begins to, to go through the Ten Commandments. He begins to go through all these things. This is, this is to everybody. This is a community thing. This is everybody together, discipling together, growing together. I mean, we could talk through all of Scripture, talk about how Jesus ordained the church. The church, even the, the Greek word for church, ecclesia, means the gathering of the people, the gathering of the people of God. We were not meant to do this alone. God ordained a church to be able to do this together. And even in Deuteronomy chapter 30, I want to just, just, I want to make sure we read this. I went all the way to Joshua. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 11 through 20. Here's what he says. Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. Just hear that today and just let that soak in. What I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you. It is not beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No. The word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. 
See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you're not obedient, and if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God's saying, look, I, I put before you two choices. One is the choice of life. One is the choice of death. What does life look like? Listening, obeying, doing the things I have commanded you. The other option, turning away. Turning your hearts away. If your heart turns away and you are not obedient, if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them. Not my words, this is right here. And I love this. Choose life so that you and your children may live. What does life look like? What does discipleship look like? Learning and obeying personally and in community. This is just another practice that we need to have if we believe what we say we believe. It cannot just be head knowledge. It cannot just be hearing with our ears. It's got to be Shema. Hearing, listening, obeying, teaching. Repeat. Let's grow together. In this community, you personally, get in a small group, grow together in a small group, come to our grow groups when we start those again, grow together in those. But make sure you're not neglecting reading the word yourself as well. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Let's pray. God, we love you. And this morning we give you thanks and praise for who you are, for all you've done. God, as we think about these practices that you've given us, we've gone through three now. We've gone through prayer and worship and discipleship. God, I just pray that you would continue to speak into our lives, continue to challenge us, continue to shape us, continue to convict us. God, this week, would we, would we be people who learn and who obey? Would we be people who shema your word? Help us to translate our beliefs 
into action. Help us to move them from our brains to our hands and our feet that we might go out and make a difference in our community. God, we love you. We give you praise. We give you thanks. God, you are amazing. We praise you and we worship you this morning. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? And as you do, just, uh, just hold out your hands. Just receive this blessing from the Lord this morning. May our God, the God who loves you, the God who cares for you, the God who brought you out, may he not let you forget what he's done in your life, how he's moved in your life. May he remind you of all of that this week. May that knowledge cause you to worship, cause you to hunger for more of him. And may you, Shema, this week, go in the grace and peace of God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Thanks for coming this morning.